0: Welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Uh, welcome to the greatest time of the year. Uh, the college baseball season has started, and we have a great episode for college baseball fans Uh, You're going to get insight from some of the best college baseball writers at all levels. And then this week, we dive into junior college, NAI, Division II, and Division III. Uh, We get started with the JUCO ranks uh, with Noah Sharp and Brian Sikowski, and they talk about teams and players to watch this season. Uh, From there, we dive into NAI and Division II and both those have started playing games already, so Robbie Gutierrez uh, gets us rolling on the NAIA season, and then Nick Herford uh, and I chat about Division II. And then finally we get into Division Three baseball with Jordan Schusterman and Jake Mintz, and who are of Cespedes family barbecue fame. And then next week we'll dive into Division I baseball. So hopefully everybody enjoys the episode. Thanks. Uh, we're here with uh, Noah Sh- Sharp. Uh, he runs the JUCO Baseball blog, and uh, we've been talking a little bit. And um, he's he's done a lot of research. And we're talking about the uniqueness of, of baseball, and and how willing guys are are, are to share information. And um, Noah, thanks for for jumping on to the call here.
1: Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. It's I've listened to this thing for a while, and it's kind of cool being on it for once.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, we were just talking about the the uniqueness of junior college baseball. You have Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. You have all the way out in the northwest with the NWAC, and then you've got the Cali schools that are split into the the northern and the southern part. And after you've kind of sifted through a lot of information, um, and, and I was on your blog today. It's it's great. It's it's at the jbb.net. I'm grateful for the amount of work that you're putting in right now but what are you looking uh forward to this season what are you really excited about this season for
1: um there's been this year kind of after last year there was a lot of last year had a lot of really big name guys a lot of big name schools kind of take over not that it doesn't usually happen but this year it seems to be where the i guess where the cream usually rises to the top and some it's kind of evened out some schools that kind of weren't always at the top have kind of seen a little bit of an evening like one big thing that I'm kind of excited to see this year to unfold I guess is out in out in Texas in region I think it's 14 with the Jacks, the Navarros the blends Navarro went and made a run and finished third at in Grand Junction last year but they've got a ton of guys that came back from that same team a ton of guys that came in some transfers some big name transfers at the break which I think is really going to make them kind of be I think oh gosh I can't remember what it was but I don't think Navarro was the first team Saint won it four or five years in a row so yep. they're kind of it's that whole region kind of has like leveled out the past year or so which I think is going to be really fun to watch and in that same region you have Bossier Parish which kind of gets left out a little bit you have your Panolas your blends it's going to be that region is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And then another one that I think probably at the division one level is going to be, I, it's going to, I think it's probably one of the top ones, (laughs) a region district, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I guess super regional is kind of a way to put it for a lot of people that don't understand how they break it up. Yeah. It's, uh, gosh, it's, I think it's regions 24. Re I don't know. It's like, Illinois, Indiana, yeah. I think it's Ohio that way. You have Iowa Western, which is back and loaded like always. John yep. A. Logan, which is – I really think they're going to pull through, and I really like them. I know a lot of people really like them. They're kind of – I guess if you call them my favorite to maybe end up at the
0: end, yep. but it's such a hard – that's a tough region to get through, and I, I coached in that area forever, and you just never know when they get into that tournament how it's going to shake out because it ends up being a three-team deal, and um, you just – you don't know. You just got to get high at the right time, and um, th- those teams lately with Logan and, and Iowa Western seems like they've, they've been around for a little bit here with – especially with getting some, the amount of bounce backs that they've gotten, so it, it seems like those two have been battling it out here. Um it's just anybody's guess out in, in that part of the world, um, just you never know with with getting bounce backs and, and, and some of the, the tried and true guys that are in it every year. But it's always intriguing to see how things shake out. Um, and especially in that part of the world, you know, you can take that early record with a grain of salt because they're going to have to travel and, and go play some, some schools early. So, you know, the early on records are, are always a little deceiving, uh, with who comes out of that area because somebody may not have the best record there early and, and gets hot once they get back home and start playing some home games
1: and one thing last year with that that whole region because i mean especially the midwest period january february march it's they might play four games and they might have 20 scheduled and so last yeah. year it's a fun thing i got fun thing annoying whatever you want to call it i thought it was fun IO Western was ranked second from our preseason poll up until I don't know when, but people kept asking, well, why are they still second? They've only played four games. I'm like, <laughs> well, they've been scheduled to play 23 games, but they've all been snowed out or canceled. Exactly. So, like, you can't punish them, but, yeah, they yeah, can exactly. play. But, like, would you want to play in 30 degrees and raining even if it's turf? Like, I know I wouldn't, but, yep. I mean – so, I mean, even in that region last year, Wabash Valley, I think, was my, the unanimous number one across every board all yep. year. They almost broke the – they got really close to breaking the win record. I know even Cumberland at the Division three level got really close to breaking that consecutive win streak record set. I think it was yep. in 2009. I think it was 56, 53 in a row. And it was just like – yeah, 53 in a row. But I, I think they got the 50 and, like, it's just – that's going to be a slugfest. And then Arizona, I think, is going to be a little – I guess Arizona, Nevada, Idaho, that region at the Division One level is going to be – not – the highs are going to be highs. Central Arizona is coming off of a well, – wow. Central Arizona is coming off of the national title last year. Yep. And they are reloaded with pitching. They've got a lot of them coming in. they got one or two guys, I think, coming in at break that are pretty decent – uh, position players if I'm remembering right it's since I'm in the middle of all the previews and all that it's kind of jumbled at names And but uh, one school that I think is going to be I guess at the the Division 2 level I think my favorite one to watch is the it's Region 23, it's all of Mississippi and Louisiana and I think some people might disagree I like to think that that's kind of the, the SEC power of the division the two level yes. LSU, Eunice yep. Pearl River multiple. I was, when I was doing the little preview, I came across a stat and I think it was in the past decade they played in. I think there was eight of the national titles had someone from that region. Yep. There was six national titles. there are like multiple. Jones Ca-
0: Jones County's in there too. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Jones yep. County, LSU, Eunice Pearls river Meridian. Um, Northwest Mississippi, Mississippi Gulf Coast. I mean, it can kinda go on and on and on. And I think last year at the end of the year, there was six or seven schools in the top twenty five that all were from the same state and all played each other in their regional tournament and just beat up on beat up on beat up and it kinda it's fun to watch. It's in those schools and it's kinda interesting. I've come to find out with the whole Mississippi schools. I think they're only allowed five or six out of state guys on the team. Yeah. It might be a little bit more, but I don't think it's any more than six or seven. So it's all that talent. It's generally just from that state. So they're all fighting over the same recruiting guys. And it's just, it's kind of neat to watch and kind of it's, I mean, it's, it's, I guess I say it's neat to watch just because I kind of follow it oddly more than anybody else probably does, but it's, yeah. And then, I mean, there's Oklahoma, in region 2. I mean NOC Enid I think is going to be another top team to watch the defending titles at that level. So that'll be fun to watch. They and what's interesting there, I mean, they host the Division 2 World Series every year.
0: So yes, they do.
1: You make it there and they're playing, you're sleeping in your own bed. You're sleeping where you're comfortable, you're playing where you're comfortable and that that's kind of a little bit of edge. I know Tyler did that for their first two titles and I think it was 13 or 14 they hosted yep. it and so that's I mean always a a benefit I guess to say and, and I hate to say this but when I started this whole thing at the time I was living in Oklahoma City the Enid or not Enid in Oklahoma City Edmond area and I was like oh like it only started with the Division One schools because that's what I knew and I was like, oh, there's not that good junior college baseball in Oklahoma. Like, I don't really need to travel around. Like, eh. and then like the next year I'm like, oh, well, uh-oh, oops, I kind of make, I made a little bit of a mistake there. I've got all these schools that are about an hour away after yep. I packed up and moved out to California. So,
2: oops.
0: But, you know, now. I've said, I've said forever. I grew up around it. Um, I. I- any level of college, I don't care, Division One, Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, JUCO, there's going to be really good baseball out there at every level. And that's the exciting thing. I think our, our game, the college game, is in a great place uh, with the amount of good coaches and players that we have. So you know, anybody that's listening in, um, don't think, hey, it's junior college baseball. It's not going to be good baseball. It's going to be great baseball wherever you go to. So if you've got a college close – Go watch them play. Uh, I tell high school coaches that all the time. Tell your kids to go watch games. Uh, you're going to see great baseball in your own backyard, and it gives high school kids a really good feel for for where maybe they fit in. Um, you know, because it's not all just Division One. There's great baseball all over the country at all levels, and uh, our game's in a great place because of it. Um, You know, any other intriguing storylines out there that you've gotten with your notes or people that sent in, maybe intriguing storylines with players, coaches out there? Um, Anything that Uh, you're coming across?
1: As far as, I mean, storylines, I mean, there's kind of, each school kind of has their own interesting kind of thing. One neat one, I think, is Northeastern. They're in Nebraska. Yep, they're they are in their third year yeah, of a, a program, I believe.
0: Yep, and, they have.
1: I mean, they finished. I think it was fifth or sixth in Enid last yep. year, which yep. is like, boom, flipped it, turned around. Exactly. Uh, they did. They've done a great job there. I've got to know those guys pretty well. Uh, then there's a new another new school in Arkansas, which I think has been, which I think is going to be interesting. They're in that same kind of region as NLC Enid, Western Oklahoma. So. Granted, their first year or two might be a little tough, just because they're kind of that's kind of a tough region period. But I think it's National Park or North Park, something. I think it's another school that really good that Arkansas got another one because some of those guys don't want to go that far. Exactly. Um, I know California. From the ones that I have been able to get in contact with, the ones that I have kind of looked at, it's going to be kind of another juggernaut year. The top is going to be the top. I really like uh, Olone. I really like them. Mm-hmm. And then I really like uh, Sac City. I mean, I want to say Derek spoke at some panel there at the ABCA or something, if I'm remembering right. We were talking about it. And then there's just – I mean, there's little snippets all over, which is kind of a neat thing that I've kind of come across when doing the this blog thing. I – Luckily enough, added a second person to it, so it's not just me now. It's kind of <laughs> my wife kind of likes that. Well, you do. It, you,
0: you do have to teach also. So. Well, I'm
1: not a teacher anymore, so we moved, and I was like, I don't want to keep the, the credential going, and yeah kind of I've been doing what I got to do, and you know, working. And as some coaches, you got to have multiple jobs, and I'm kind of working For a little sure. bit of everything. But I mean, it's now it's, there's two of us working it, and one of the things the guy, my partner, his name's Chris. He, His background's another crazy, awesome circumstance of how we met. He's a former Olympic sprinter, which like, and it's just, I mean, met through the internet. His son went to Arizona Western, was drafted by the Rays. I did a piece on his team the first year I started this and a friendship just kind of started and now we're kind of running this whole thing together and one of the things he wanted to do was kind of do, he took and did a bunch of the All-Americans from last year and like just did a like a feature piece on that person and why they picked it and how it benefited them. And there was guys that were there for two years. There was guys that were division one bounce backs and like how it benefited. And I mean, like you were saying, there's great baseball everywhere. I mean, I hate to say it, but I was ignorant to the whole junior college level when I was, when I was first getting out of high school, it was uh, a a junior college. It's just a community college. I don't want to stay at home, live on, live with my parents and go there and, now it's looking back, I'm like it was probably the best I mean, if I would have gone to a four year university right out of high school, even though I didn't play baseball, it was I would have been completely lost. It was still yep. a small small class small it was way more affordable, which kind of set me up in the long run, which is another big benefit, but yep. I mean it opened a lot of doors it's I met so many people from i mean the baseball world to just other crazy Mingles of people that I met in Big Spring, Texas, of all places. And, like, I mean, I met rodeo people, never been experienced to rodeo, and then just happened they were from Hawaii and Canada. And I'm like, oh, so now I have friends that live in Hawaii that rodeo, that live in Canada that rodeo, and like got to experience those at a bull shoot two feet away from a bull. And I'm like, okay, where else could I have experienced this if I didn't have gone here? And then, I mean, it opened tons of doors. It opened, And it's always, I mean, I guess it's kind of a, especially the junior college route, I mean, any school, you kind of, there's shared experiences. I know on Twitter, a lot of people know the certain big junior college baseball Twitter people, and it's a lot of those stories are kind of, it might be a little different. Everyone's experiences are going to be a little different. I was in Texas compared to someone that's in Iowa compared to someone that's in Florida, but there's still bits and pieces of kind of this weird shared experience Definitely. Since a weird, a unique shared experience. It's unique. Yep. That it kinda it's like a giant brotherhood family, but it goes across all the levels. I have tons of friends that are softball players that I mean they had the same kind of shared experience that I met when I went on to the four year school I went to, but they played junior college softball or they play junior college basketball, but it kinda gets brought up like, Oh, you went to one too and it's kind of a neat into a lot of people and I mean I guess I'm a big advocate for it, I guess, mm-hmm. because of just kind of how things have fallen. But, I mean, you're going to uh, play great baseball. Little,
0: little known fact here. My mom ran admissions and enrollment at Heartland Community College in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, right there in central Illinois. Now, let's get back to it here. What, what about anything in the NWAC or anything around the Division III JUCOs? Oh. Have you gotten much responses back from from any of the NWAC schools or, or the Division III schools out there?
1: The NWAC schools—that's another one. I kind of this past year branched into a little bit of the California, a little bit of the NWAC. Yep. Granted, I'm in California now, so it's kind of I'm around there. But um, the NWAC schools—there's been a couple. I mean, yep. I still kind of in the wheels and finding and getting connected with all of those. Which that's one great thing about social media. Now it's kind of like, sure. oh, I follow you, you follow me. Slide into the DMs and. Which, I mean, some people think that's – but I think it's if you use it right, it can yes, be a definitely, great tool. Definitely. And so – and with the Division Three level, I think it's going to be another year of a lot of – not a lot of the same. I think you've got all the schools up in New York. The region – I mean, Herkemeyer I think is going to be – I really like them. I know, gosh, I'm going to butcher his name. The head coach there, I always – uh, I'm going to butcher I'm not even going to try I know he's a member of the ABCA, so if he's listening, yeah. he knows I'm talking about him. But I really like, I really like their uh, their whole school. They had our preseason pitcher of the year. I think he's committed to Rutgers. He's it's going to be really fun to watch there. But that whole region is another kind of juggernaut. Rowan Glocester finished third or second last year. I think it was second. I um, it's there's so much names. I think Cumberland's the defending champs. I think is going to. Yep they're going to make another big run under a new head coach because uh Gorham just took a job in North Carolina I believe so he just left Tyler's gonna be another one that I think they have a big chance to make a big push with that whole I mean I think it was their first region loss or not region title and seven years or something and it was their first time not playing in a national title game in six or yep. so tyler's gonna be another big one i mean niagara county got a bunch of guys loaded and coming back Rockingham, um, i mean century which i think we talked about off air but they're i really like them and the whole minnesota i think is gonna be a who ends up on the top of a royal rumble like yep it's just a bunch of guys all beating up each other and seeing who outlasts who. So I mean, again, any level once you start looking at it and it kinda just you go down. It's there's talent even at the and which I think some people kinda like, oh, you go to a junior college and then there's oh you went to a division three one. Like that comp competition is just as good as for sure the division one one. It's just Yep it sometimes doesn't have to do with the level of talent. It more has to do with, I know, a lot of the New York schools. It's because I think it's the price of living around there so it changes it versus, Definitely. like, price of living in West Texas versus the price of living in Herkimer, New Jersey, or Mercer County, New Jersey, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, it, it costs different. So that's kind of why they're the, the vision they are. But, I mean, it's really there's – con. Comp- there, I mean, it's going to be competitive up and down from yep. the lowest of the low Division 3s to the highest of the high Division 1s. And, I mean, especially what I think is a really cool off-season fall thing, the NCAA has allowed games between Division 1s and junior colleges. Yes. I know – I think it was Wabash Valley went and played Purdue in the fall and beat them. Yep. San Jack played Houston, UT
0: uh, played – nyack beat Minnesota. I mean, there there was more. There was, it was more than one or two where yeah, JUCOs beat Division one which is great for baseball.
1: And it also opens up the instead of the coach not. I mean, if a coach is going to recruit a guy, he's going to recruit a guy. But okay, let me get these forty-five junior college guys on our campus playing against our guys, and I can yeah. see them up close, in yeah. person, and recruit that way, which I think is a great kind of relationship between the schools where it. Helps get the guys to where they need to go and helps get the guys to, I mean, anywhere.
0: Well, I, I love it. We did it when I was at Western Illinois, and um, our last two shortstops were all conference shortstops, and they came from Ellsworth, and we actually played Ellsworth in the fall. So, you know, we got a chance to, to watch those guys play against our guys. Uh, you know, it, it just – it gives you – you know, from a recruiting standpoint, it gives you a little better evaluation when you're you're watching those guys play against your own guys – Uh, You know, it goes hand in hand. It does get them on campus, but then you can actually see them play against your own guys. So it does does help on a lot of different levels. And, you know, I'd like to get you back here probably in the middle of the year. So, you know, for me with preseason stuff, I think it's just to get people excited. But then there's a lot of baseball to be played that hopefully we can can get you back in the middle of the year and and just give us some updates on what's going on with everything, because this is, is tremendous. Uh, you know you're willing to put the work in and the time you know for anybody that's listening in right now where can they find you you know where are a couple of places where they can find you to reach out to you
1: so as you said before there's the website it's the net, and then there's twitter i'm i mean granted it's not all baseball i am also a dad so there's <laughs> chances <laughs> i that am as well <laughs> there's gonna be pictures of my one and a half year old uh, watching a movie or like yep. there's been a couple of times where I'll put a picture and she has my computer and I was like, here's the real expert. So right. on Twitter, it's the underscore Noah underscore sharp. And then there's also the, I guess the JBB official Twitter, which is just at the or underscore. And then the JBB. I mean, I'm, I like to think I have conversations with anybody. I mean, there's been re I mean, I don't know. I'm a very social person. So yeah. it, I reply to tweets, I reply to DMs, I talk trash about football, I, I mean, it's not all baseball, so yep. I like to think I also have, a, people came for the baseball and they stayed for my sense of
0: humor. Yep. So. <laughs> that, that should be your tagline. <laughs> well, no, I really appreciate you jumping on with me and then hopefully I can, uh, we can get together here in the middle of the year. So.
1: For sure, thanks for having me on, it was a blast.
0: Uh, we're here with uh, Brian Sikowski with, with Perfect Game. Uh, he covers the, the JUCO circuit uh, for Perfect Game. And Brian, really appreciate you jumping on with me.
3: Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, as, as you're looking through your stuff and, and getting all your information, what are you looking forward to most this season?
3: Well, most of what I do, is, is including covering junior college baseball, is geared towards the draft everything that I do and look at for the most part is somehow in some way manipulated towards the end game, which is the draft. So, you know, when I'm putting together the Juco prospects list and and that sort of thing, I really like seeing who's going to be the high drafted guys. Who's this year's Jackson Rutledge, you know, who's this year's Antoine Kelly, who's this year's Nate Pearson, you know? And and so, so I like watching how that plays out. And and we have a pretty good idea. Who's, you know, the, the highest couple guys so far this year. And, um, you know, a couple Texas pitchers and, and Connor Phillips from McLennan and uh, Luke Little from San Jac. But you know that so that's kind of my uh, little niche uh, area of focus is, is I love watching how these players uh, progress through the season, obviously in the, the team setting. Uh, I love keeping up with the the whole country weekly as far as how teams are playing. But at the end of the day, it's all about the players for me yep. and and how they work towards the draft and. That's fascinating every single year.
0: Now, as you're looking, any, anything stick out as far as maybe guys that weren't with their teams in the fall that are with, with a, a junior college now?
3: Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, there was a couple pretty significant transfers at the break. And, and Jason Hodges is, is one of those big names. He's a, a right-handed hitting outfielder from Illinois who, is, who went to Arkansas for his first semester. He had draft interest last spring, opted to go to school. Um, left Arkansas at the break. He's now at Johnny Logan in Southern Illinois there. I think that's a guy that you're going to have to, to watch for, um, you know, just big physical, athletic, lots of power. Uh, you know, Tanner Cole is another one. He was at Tennessee. He's now at Iowa Western. And, and I believe he's already recommitted to Notre Dame, which is unique in and of itself. And that Notre Dame doesn't get many Juco commits just yes. because of the academics. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that has been plugged into the radar here like uh, you know up to 95 good bodied right-hander with some swing and miss off-speed stuff and uh, I haven't seen him yet. Need to cross that off early in the season, but that's uh that's another one I've been told is a guy to watch for sure. Yeah, he's um, a
0: GRB race kid. You know, me me with yeah. coaching as long as I I did and now being out on this side, uh it's cool to still track those guys, but yeah, he he was with GRB um and and a big name coming out of high school and um you know, it, it'll be cool to kind of see how he's progressed from where he was at in high school and where he's at now.
3: For sure. And that you know that's kids transfer out for a multitude of different reasons, but you know I I think a lot of times it's because they're interested in the draft more than they're interested in playing two or three more seasons at the university they opted to go to, and so that's it's it's prove it time now. You know, there's no more like all right, well we'll see how I do as a junior. It's prove it time. (laughs) Let's see what you can do, and uh, if if they rise to the occasion, they'll be drafted high and, and. Sign for a significant bonus, and it'll make JUCO baseball look better as a result. So I'm all in favor for it.
0: Yeah, and and for anybody out there listening in, uh, the the draft is an intriguing process, and I always try to stress to guys you you can't pay attention to that because what what you're hearing um, from here or there uh, it doesn't always hash out. So I think the most important thing is. To put your head down and, and work hard and, and let the chips fall where they may because you just, you never know. The draft is such a tricky process. And, um, you know, s- sometimes what you think is going to happen doesn't always happen. And you do have to let the season play out as well. Intriguing storylines as you go because it, it, it is fun to pay attention to, to see how things shake out at the end because what you think is going to happen right now in, in January or February it's always different come, come June when the draft time rolls around.
3: No question. And there's, you know, any variety of reasons for that, but yeah, for sure.
0: You know, signability is a what big I'm one now, here. you know, there, there there's so many things that go into who gets taken where, um, with signability signing bonuses, what, what's going to work with with an organization in in their area, how much money they have to work with and, and who's going to sign for what, um, Again, I, I stopped trying to figure out that whole process a long time ago because, you know, everybody has their own decisions that they have to make and, and you know, it's good to speculate, um, but you're not in those rooms with those teams and those organizations and, and listening into the conversations that they're having about guys and the draft does go really fast. It'll be interesting to see what happens here after the collective bargaining agreement, um, how things shake out, um, and you know that that's another intriguing storyline to follow this year is is what really happens with the collective bargaining stuff here w- with Major League Baseball as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. the the impact that that's going to have on on however many hundreds of amateur players a year is is going to be probably one of the more closely watched things I think from guys like us who stay on the amateur side.
0: Yeah, well, it hasn't – you know, that process hasn't changed in a long time. So, you know, any sort of change – you know, baseball's, uh hasn't always been good with, with changing, so any sort of change does – there's that ripple effect uh, from amateur to pro side. Um, you know, any sort of changes will, will have that ripple effect on baseball itself. What else are you liking out there? Um, you know, with what the feedback that you're getting, you know, what else are you liking that you're seeing coming back?
3: Yeah, I mean – our, uh, our preseason stuff is still a couple weeks away from going out to the uh, the general public as far as the juco goes but you know we're gonna roll with uh, McLennan at number one um, I don't think you know the, there could be arguments made for a lot of different schools but it's at the end of the day there have bats up and down the lineup that performed last year including several high draft candidates and, and we talked about uh, Connor Phillips a little bit earlier is a guy who might end up being a first rounder or, you know, a top 50 pick, something like that. And that's just one of their many extremely talented arms, many draftable arms, guys who are already signed with power five programs. Um, yeah, it's just a, one of the, it's just the best team top to bottom, I think, including yep. defense, including all the above. And, you know, we can make arguments for different teams. I, I think Iowa Western is probably going to end up being number two to start the year, um, haven't set it in stone yet they got a lot better at the break uh not necessarily not that they were bad in any stretch but picking up a guy like Kolop and, and picking up a guy like uh, jack neely from sam jack yep. who is a six nine righty who throws 97 you know if you can get that guy in your club go ahead and take it that's my <laughs> philosophy but <laughs> you know th- those two kind of lead the way and, and central arizona who won the njcaa yep. d1 world series last year will be right there i'd Got to see them play in the fall and they're really talented on the mound and, and if they swing the bats, they should be right back where they were last year. And after that it's you know, there's five or six teams who who are gonna be jumbled in that mess and it's some of the usual suspects. It's Chipola, it's Northwest Florida, it's San Jack, it's uh, Wabash, it's John A. Logan, it's those guys, the traditional powerhouses. And, yep. Um, one of the things that I, I like as far as what we do specifically is ours our preseason rankings for juco our top 25 weekly is all inclusive it's not d1 d2 it's not broken down that way it's yeah. everybody yep. and that includes california and that includes the northwest that's awesome have their own. so the cali schools as, as i've found going through the last several years of doing this those California schools are just as talented, <laughs> and I, you know, I yeah, I they don't they dream. don't
0: get they don't get a, some of the love just because they play their own championships. Um, yes. You know, so so sometimes you don't hear as much about those schools out there, and having a chance to go out there and, and see some of those schools play in the recruiting process. Again, they, they get tucked off in that area just because they, they play their own schedule and their own championships, but where you saw it was then with Division One, where you'd see guys from those schools that you'd play against where it's like, okay, there, there's good players everywhere uh, at every, every level, um, but it's cool that, that there are guys out there like, like you, like Noah Sharp, that are, are bringing light to, to some of the areas that maybe don't get some love, and it, it's great for college baseball as
3: a whole. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, it's kind of just like you said. It's a little bit in the shadow of of the NJCAA in and of itself. But it's, man, I think my biggest pipe dream is to see the the state champion of California and the NJCAA D1 champion play like a seven-game series.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome.
3: I'd, I'd love to see it, but, you know.
0: You know, anything else you want to cover before I let you go? And and then where, where can our listeners find you? Um, I know you're on the, the Perfect Game website, but where can they find you, um, you know, on your website and then also on, on Twitter?
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Sikowski underscore PG. Um, and, and, I mean, the, the PG website is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the best way to tell you to find me there. Just follow <laughs> me on Twitter. And then you'll see all my stuff because I tweeted out anyway. Yep. So that'll be the easiest way to, to get to the website. Perfect. Um, but yeah, no, excited about the year. I think it's going to be a, an extremely talented Juco year. For the last several years, there's been roughly 100 to 110 ju- Juco players drafted. Yep. Um. think there's a chance for more this year just as we go along here. And uh, again, like you talked about earlier, that's all about signability. We'll see. But definitely more than 100 draftable players in Juco this year, at least as far as I've gone in the, the trying to find them phase. Yes. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good year. Pay attention to it. The Juco World Series is going to be awesome, as it always is. Um, looking forward to following along.
0: Well, and ho- hopefully I get a chance to run into you, and then uh, hopefully we can bring you back in the middle of the year and, and we can touch and, and see how some of these storylines are starting to play out as we, we get a little bit closer to draft time as well.
3: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, man.
0: All right. I appreciate it, Brian. And tell all the guys over at PG that I said, hey.
3: We'll do for sure. Thanks, Ryan.
0: Okay. Thanks, Brian. Here with Robbie Gutierrez uh, at NAIA Ball. Uh, and he runs, he's the host of the NAIA Ball podcast and, and coached and played college baseball. But, Robbie, I appreciate you coming on.
4: Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here. You know, a uh, time listener of this podcast and, and excited to to really get to be part of this and and excited for you, Ryan, as well.
0: Yep. I appreciate it. Well, the great thing about NAI is they're going, I mean, this, this is going to be an all college. It's a preview, but it's not really a preview now for an NAI D2. Juco would have started by the time this releases. So we have a, we do have a lot to get into and there's a lot to talk about. Even with yesterday, you had a couple top 25 matchups, and then you got a tournament going on. Um, with uh, the Coach Calderon Calderon Invitational uh, that has a lot of teams playing in it right now. So if you want to talk a little bit about yesterday, what happened, we we can jump right in there.
4: Absolutely. So the Coach Calderon Invitational is a great tournament. So what it is, is it takes a lot of these West Coast baseball teams and pits them against each other. It's harder for these teams out on the West Coast to really get games against you know, other teams around the nation, whether it's budget issues, yep. all sorts of things like that. In, in our first episode of the NAI Ball podcast, we actually <laughs> talked with West Market Coach Rob Ruiz about that and some of the issues they face being out on the West Coast. But the GSAC plays some great baseball as well as the Pac. And so what this is, is it's pretty much a lot of the big names on the West Coast. You've got Lewis Clark State, who of course, most national titles out of anybody, you know, is already in the World Series. Yep. They're the team that that's the they're a powerhouse. It's it, undeniable. They are really good. I've been to Lewiston, I've faced LCSC, and I've lost to LCSC. <laughs> you've got University of the Southwest out of New Mexico, Hobbs, New Mexico, Antelope Valley out of California, number 15, Westmont, Arizona Christian, and then a really cool thing is you've got Taylor from Indiana coming in, Crossroads League powerhouse, coming in, playing these teams, and they had two huge wins yesterday. They yep. beat Lewis Clark State 11-4, to also beat Westmont by a score of 7-3. to So, I mean, that might be one of the biggest days for Taylor baseball ever to beat two of the premier names on the West Coast.
0: Well, especially with Taylor, like, you don't know how much they've been outside. Now, it's been a pretty reasonable winter, so they, they maybe have gotten outside, but, but not as much as the other teams. So, like, it, it's always cool when you see – Midwest teams go to some places and, and play against teams that maybe haven't have been outside for a while that that they haven't so it's it's great to see that and coming from a guy from the Midwest I always appreciate the teams that go out early and and get off so hopefully that gets them rolling
4: it it definitely did I mean I got to give a shout out to Cade Vanderbilt because he was huge in that game against yep. LCS he's an Iowa boy Uh, Also, uh, Jacob Morris, three RBIs yesterday. I mean, so they just had some big performances, some big dudes step up and play really well. Uh, it It was really incredible. It was really incredible. That's something that going into the game, you're not really sure what it'll look like because there's so much difference. These teams don't get out there a lot, and so it was awesome to see Taylor get out onto the West Coast and play some good baseball. They played some games last week, playing some games right now. So they've been out in arizona for a little while they've also done some community service work out there nice so it's been just an overall good trip for them
0: good looking through a lot of stuff and and this came out about a month ago i think you actually released it but looking at march 18th you've got st thomas is going to end up playing at lsu so that's something for nai fans to to pay attention to you you see some some cross division games now and the great thing with baseball is St. Thomas may go in there and, and beat LSU. You, you never know. And that's a that's an old South Florida connection with George Perez and, and Paul Maneri. So that's how you get that hooked up. But um, you know, what else are you looking forward to this season besides what's going on right now?
4: There's there's really so much to look forward to on, on the NAI ball side. You know, our whole premise of, of NAI Ball and myself as a member of the ABCA is we're trying to grow the game. Yep. We're trying to, you know, help these guys become better, help give them more national attention because they deserve it. There's so many great players we can sit here and run through the the top 20 players that we turned into baseball America you know for those players in the nation and just talk about the high velocity numbers we see there uh, Matt Merrill who's not even draft eligible is up to 96 this year already so he's he's incredible at USAO but I'm excited for st. Thomas they get this big opportunity to head out to Louisiana play at Alex Box Stadium take on LSU in a midweek they're also going to play Texas Southern a few years ago when I was coaching at Kaiser, I was sitting in, you know, at home watching them play Miami and they should have won. They yep. dropped a double play ball. They should have should have beaten Miami in that game. I think George Bettis does an incredible job at St. Thomas University. The Bobcats, you know, they lose a little bit from last year, but they're gonna be just as competitive. He always reloads with some really talented players. There's just some really good teams from around the nation. I'm a huge proponent of Sun Conference Baseball, yep. I mean, you know, coached in that conference and what Adrian Dinkle does at Southeastern, what George Pettis does at St. Thomas, what Kaiser University does, Weber International under new management. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they look like. But there's just some great baseball around the nation from top to bottom. I mean, Madonna right now in, in Michigan is going to have a guy that's going to surprise a lot of people. You know, in Dion Henderson, a left-handed pitcher who's going to be six three imposing on the mound, one of, an imposing guy on the mound, big guy. And he's gonna sit eighty eight to ninety with the ability to run it up into a low nine.
0: He's got a good arm. I saw I saw him in high school. So he was he was a higher profile name coming out of high school. So I did get a chance and that arm works really well and you know, you spoke about that. Uh, I love the fact that we're, we're able to talk about NAI, D2, D3, JUCO, D1, because there's great baseball out there. And I always try to stress this to, to people. If, if you don't know much about college baseball, I guarantee there's somebody in your area that you can go watch. I don't care what level. And don't think that you only have to go watch Division One baseball because that's not the case. I coached 22 years of D1. There's some great programs out there, and um, – you know the cool thing is with the the World Series. Anybody's interested. It's been in Lewiston, Idaho for a long time. And I looked at the dates yesterday. It's May 22nd to the 29th. So that's where the NAIA JUCO Worlds or uh, NAI World Series is at. Uh, it's been there for a long time. So if anybody's trekking or wants to trek, that's a good time to get out there and see some really good baseball. One, uh, one of my former bosses, uh, Jack Dom, is at Mount Mercy, so I've been following NAI baseball here for a while. And uh, you know, they were just on the cusp last year, so hopefully, Coach gets them over the top here at Mount Mercy.
4: It's you know what it's in, it's incredible. Uh, if you've never been to Lewiston, you need to go, and that's just for. Anybody out there? Whether you're a D one guy or a D two guy or D three guy, and, and I know like Grand Junction is incredible yep. for juco, and I know that there's some amazing tournaments, but Lewiston is literally a town of like twelve thousand people, yep. and the stadium holds six. Yep, you know, and and so it's literally half the town showing up. And I've been there on Memorial Day playing Lewis Clark State, and I'll never forget we would score, Northwood would score. And you could hear a pin drop, <laughs> and else would score, and it sounded like the dugout was going to collapse yep. under you, you know. And and so it was just an incredible experience. And the thing I love about NAI is it's a lot of guys, and the, one of the reasons why we do this, it's a lot of guys who it's not just their second chance. This is it. Yes. This is their major leagues. For yep. me, that was it. Yep. that was my major leagues was NAI baseball. And so what Cody Butler and I try to do, and Cody Butler is the founder of NAI Ball and does an incredible job on our social media side yep. and everything he's done to help grow, you know, this sport. But that's the thing is this is the major leagues for a lot of guys like myself and for so many other guys who have the ability to get drafted. You know, I, I think about Tyler Williams, who's an Arizona State transfer yep. now at Oklahoma City, and he's killing it. And I just he hit 408 last year. He was he's incredible. Yep. You know, he hit four home runs, eight eight RBIs in one game. He's got the ability to do that on a regular basis because just just how talented he is. And I think about the second chance guys that are coming in from Juco, looking for an opportunity to play, or coming back from D1, and what they're going to do and what they can experience. And for myself, playing for Jeremy Kennedy, who's at Loyola, and Robert Garza, who's now at Texas Wesleyan, and buying into something that's being part of bigger than yourself, part of, you know, a full team. And it was just an incredible experience. And when you buy into that thought process and you buy into, you know, this is it for me. I have to make the most of it. I have to make the best of it. And then you combine that with building relationships, not just with players, but with coaches. I had a teammate post a photo of us, you know, uh I was coaching at the time, but post a photo of us at a convenience store in who knows where <laughs> and guys are taking a photo in a group selfie in the middle of a convenience store and i'm trying to get guys back on the bus you
0: know? well i think that the poster child and this goes way back as bo mills bo mills was a re- really good player at fresno state and then ends up transferring to, to lewis and clark and tears it up and ends up being a really good draft out of lewis and clark but that you know i think he was Probably, this is going way back, but he, I, he was one of the first guys that you actually started to pay attention to. Like, okay, this is actually a realistic thing for guys. Like, like, and, and everybody deserves a second chance. You know, and, and and everybody, you know, people make mistakes. Like, it, it just happens. That's part of being human is you make mistakes. So it, it's great to still have that option, that guys still have that passion for playing. It's great that there are still options for guys. Um, because the last thing you want is if a guy still wants to to go out and play and compete where where you get railroaded or, or blocked somewhere, it's still a great option for guys.
4: I, I think about, in my own experience at Kaiser, I think about Caven Burgess who was a guy that, you know, Coach Kennedy helped keep at Kaiser that had a checkered pass that, you know, when we came in, it was, oh, you got to watch out for Caden Burgess. And when I met him for the first time ever, nicest guy on yep. the planet. And he's done some incredible things. And I, I, we keep up with each other today, all these guys. And that's the blessed thing about NAI baseball, where if you buy into the product and you buy into the system and you believe in what you're doing, you're going to build these relationships forever. He just became a father you know, and, and he works hard. And even though his professional baseball career is over, he was able to even have that experience because he came back and, be, you know, bettered himself and did things the right way while he was playing ball and was able to give himself the opportunity to do something special with an All-American, hit more home runs than I've ever seen anybody hit in college. You know, he had a, he had a few 20-plus seasons, was just an incredible guy. And there's so many guys like that. And at the same time, there's so many guys like like myself who were just playing to see another day, just yep. doing anything to see another day. And that's what I've I've got with NAI Ball. And that's why I, I care so much about this. Yep. and what we do at, at NAI Ball because it's gonna be great for the guys like Zach Cornell, Gabe Howe, Al Pesto, who are going to get that opportunity to play at the next level. But then, you know, there's the guy on the bench that's never this is, you know, never going to see it again. And you look around the country, it's not just all big-time Jukos and D1 bounce backs. There's guys like at Westmont where they're, you know, developing players. Yep. You know, these schools with high academic standards, developing players and really building around them. And Westmont was one game away from going to the World Series last year. There's so many teams like that around the country. Uh, Taylor's a great example because they've done some really good things in baseball lately. And so, you know, they look at the two marquee wins they had yesterday and there's so much of that around the nation. And I, I just, you know, I, I have a real passion for this level and I think that there's a lot of times it's overlooked because people never heard of the school. My, my joke is I'm famous to 188 schools you've never heard of, you know.
0: <laughs> um. Well, and, and Coach Gold's been at, at Taylor for a while. He's been there 16 years. So, you know, he, he's been building something there for a while at, at Taylor and, you Um, it's great when you see a guy that's been there for a while start to reap the benefits of of being at a program and really hunkering down and trying to build something.
4: You know, if you look at it in in the NAI, you look at two of the World Series teams last year, Indiana Tech. Like, you're going to tell me that Indiana Tech's got great baseball. It's playing in one of the final 10 teams in the nation. And then USAO, the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma, and what Coach Ross has been able to do there. It's, it's just incredible.
0: Actually, I, I coached summer ball for a while. So I would get I would have some Indiana Tech guys at Quincy when I was with the Gems. So it was kind of a sneaky program. I always knew the guys that I get from Indiana Tech were, were going to be my type of guys. They were going to be able to, to get after it in summer ball. And, and we're always good guys that showed up and worked their tails off. So I, I've known about Indiana Tech for a while. And it's up there in the that little pocket of Fort Wayne, Indiana, up in the, the north uh, east part of, of Indiana that you don't always hear about as well.
4: It, there's just so much good baseball and you can take a look at, at really what Cody and I would say are, are the blue collars. One of the things we say on the podcast a lot is death taxes and Faulkner to the world series. <laughs> I mean, I think they're going on eight years in a row right now. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a, their, their world series ring is a lot bigger than mine. I can tell you that <laughs> when they went, they went the same year, uh, they're a very talented team. They've got a great coach and, and coach Mac. And it's the same thing with Oklahoma City, you know, and Denny Crayball. All the talent that he brings in, all the talent that he's able to, to, you know, pull in from around the nation. He's not just a guy that's going to recruit there out of Oklahoma. He's going to recruit around the nation and bring in really whoever he wants because they've got the track record there of being able to to bring in dudes. And then Woody Hunt also at Cumberland is – I mean that one of the all time winningest coaches, fifteen hundred plus wins, yep. one more win for Denny Crayball, and he's got fifteen hundred wins. And in the NAI we're gonna have two active fifteen hundred game winners, and that's incredible.
0: That's awesome. Any other story before I let you go here, because I know you got you got business to attend to, but any other storylines that you're paying attention to before I let you go?
4: There's there's a lot going on in in the nation. You know, I, I could pick any team and really dig into what they're doing. Uh, I do want to, you know, look at some of the stuff that happened already in this season. Uh, For instance, at Vanguard, Joe Johnson's hit six home runs just on opening day. That's a good start. He had (laughs) four last year, two this year. Yeah, there's nothing like starting the year off with four home runs. Uh, He hit two this year. So that was definitely something that that stood out to me. I'm interested to see about a lot of teams around the nation, Oklahoma Wesleyan, and how they're going to play. Uh, without Austin Soka, who last year was a Golden Spike semi-finalist. Yep. semifinalist. Uh, I'm I'm looking a lot. I want to see Drenus Ozuna there. I think that USAO, University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma, has one of the best non-Division one rotations in the nation. You're talking about reigning NAI Pitcher of the Year, Colton Williams, Matt Merrill, Gene Moutonniere, who took a no-hitter into the World Series, You know, last year against Southeastern and uh, I was part of the last World Series thrown at the NAI World Series. Cody Faulkner threw that. I was on the bench for that one. Nobody knew that there was a no hitter going on. That's a story for another day. It's incredible. (laughs) And it was actually against Adrian Dinkle. So I have to throw that one out there because he now holds a national title over my head.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, they've got a series going on with Gwinnett right now. So they won yesterday, two to one. So it looked like it was a good ball game yesterday between the number fourth ranked team and number fifth ranked team in the nation uh, yesterday. So that's a that's an intriguing early season series with two highly rated teams that are going against each other.
4: It is, it is, and I got to give a shout to GGC and Hunter Peck yesterday through fantastic. Yep. I mean he was lights out really for five innings. And, and SEU is, is really good. They were actually on, on the NA ball podcast, my pick to, to click this year and win nice. the World Series. Last year, I actually got it right. In January. <laughs> Tennessee Wesleyan was going to win the national Bowl title. And I'll never forget Billy Berry at Tennessee Wesleyan calling me for the, if necessary, game to get into the to World Series and telling me, would I rather have a third Sun Conference team in, in, in Weber International or would I rather have my pick?
0: That's good politics.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, first, you're not putting this pressure on me. <laughs> so uh, it's, there's so many, you know, big time series going on. The coach called her own invitational at Arizona Christian. If you get a chance, you know, to look back at those results, yep. I would because it's some of the best West Coast baseball in the NAI. And then also going on just this weekend, Oklahoma, Westland and Lyon. So there's going to be some, some great series. I'm actually heading up to Houston to watch uh, Loyola take on Division III St. Thomas Nice down in Houston, uh, which for me is only about six hours. So I'm looking forward Perfect. to a short drive.
0: Where, where can everybody find you um, if they want to interact with you? Where can everybody find you?
4: So, of course, on on social media, at NAI Ball for our overall platform. Uh, for myself, it's... It's at Rob G1063, 1063. And, I mean, I'm always available. Cody and I are always available at NAI Ball. You know, we, we love connecting with coaches around the nation. We love talking about small college baseball, and it's something we take a lot of pride in, in what we do and really grow in this game. We've got an article coming out here on Baseball America soon, So that's really myself a dream come true, to be a a contributor to Baseball America, and then to grow NAI Baseball, and then as well, uh, the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association. We're moving into the NAI. Of course, it's an NCAA-recognized poll, and so we are going to have Players of the Week in our own poll coming out here very shortly.
0: And and I really appreciate all the hard work that you put in. I know it's not the easiest thing in the world, but you're passionate about it and that shows. And so I really appreciate you coming on and look forward, hopefully in April we'll we'll get together and then maybe you and I can trek out to Lewiston together.
4: Hey, you know what? That would be awesome. I know Cody has gone for the last two years and has been trying to get me to go. And I'm like, I have no idea how he drives from Georgia to Lewiston, Idaho. Exactly. It'd be even harder for me. I'm like, I don't even want to look at a plane ticket from McAllen, Texas to Lewis, and Idaho. So, <laughs> scary stuff.
0: Okay. All right. Planes, trains, and automobiles.
4: Absolutely. Uh, Figure it out. Yeah. Figure well, have a great
0: out. weekend, and we'll talk to you here soon.
4: All right. Thank you.
0: Yep. Thanks, Robbie. All right. Well, we're here with uh, Nick Herfort uh, with PG Baseball. He's at PG College Ball, and then also at underscore EFAS Pitch, uh, and that's uh, underscore EE. Uh, P-H-U-S-P-I-T-C-H. So, Nick, I appreciate you coming on, especially on a Super Bowl Sunday here. Uh, me and you working on a on a Sunday, the Super Bowl Sunday. But uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Yep. You know, and um, just looking through your preseason stuff that you just put out um, – you know, and, and I like it because yours is different than what the, uh, the college baseball writers had out and obviously put a lot of effort into it, and, and it shows that. And You've got a nice mix of teams from all over the country, but just running down the top five, you got Angelo State, Central Missouri, Azusa Pacific, uh, Minnesota State, and then Catawba. Um, you know, what are you looking forward to right now? And I know some teams played this weekend, and Angelo State, um, you know, they put up a lot of runs this weekend, but what are you looking forward to with the Division II season?
5: You know there's nothing really I'd say specifically that I'm looking forward to at this I do so much work at the front end that uh, I'm to the point now where I can actually just sit back and enjoy the games, yep. you know a lot of other rankings are a lot more fluid and you'll kind of see them bounce around as teams are getting hot and not. but I think that I put so much emphasis and there's a lot of research going on at the beginning that like as of right now, like you know this first weekend just started and, and even for this first couple of weeks, I'm not even really going to make any big moves because just, you know, it's early baseball. So now is a time where I can just kind of sit back and and watch it and enjoy it. And I'll continue to do that, um, you know, for a couple of weeks. And after that, things will start moving around a little bit. But I'm just I'm just I'm just glad to see, you know, to be able to, you know, to be at work and, and uh, be able to put our game online and and just have a little something in the background.
0: Yeah. And, and um, and just,
5: and just appreciate the game getting started again.
0: Yep. Yeah, and being from Omaha, I think you probably appreciate the weather factor that, you know, there's some teams that are, are just getting going there and there's going to be some teams that, that may not play here for about two weeks. So there's really no reason to do any sort of an adjustment because you've got to let some, some of this get going. And, um, you know, coming from the division one level, I think one of the better things that that division one did was add a common starting date in and, um, you know, you don't see it at, at the other levels, which I think it would help all levels to kind of get started. But, you know, the other levels, it is a little bit more of a regional format with the tournament. So it's not as important uh, that a Division II school gets started at the same time just because you are ha- you're you're going to have to battle the teams in your region to see who comes out of there anyway.
5: Yeah, sure. I mean, it's there's snow on the ground here right now. <laughs> so, I mean, and it's it's unseasonably warm today, but – until, I mean, there, there's no way any team from Omaha, and I would assume anywhere north of here, is going to have an opportunity to really get out on the grass and play. So that, that is another big part of it. And you'll see a lot of these teams, of course, as you know, go on to these summer or these early trips to Arizona or Florida and stuff like that. But again, it's still hard to put a lot of stock in whatever is going yep. on um, just because they haven't had the time to play on, on, on grass and dirt.
0: You know when when you're looking at Tampa, you know, do they have enough to repeat, um, you know coming off a great year last year when the national championship does Tampa have enough to to repeat this year? They're a weird team to to, to place because
5: uh, I'd say like them and probably North Greenville going forward, this seem like they're going on that same pattern where they're able to quickly reload, yep. um, because you have a lot of players who maybe didn't get enough time playing at the Division one level. Um, who are looking for some additional exposure because maybe they're caught behind someone who is really good. So these teams are able to get new guys in who can perform right away. Yes. So, um, they, but again, you also do need to have some chemistry. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I have them a little bit lower this year is because their holdovers aren't quite as big as I would like to see from a team. I think there's always at least some element of, of just having that familiarity of playing with somebody yep. and being able to rise that can raise the team to another level. Yep. So that's that's that's, you know, are they're obviously going to compete for the championship? Um, I, I wouldn't say they're the favorite, but definitely it's, it's not going to surprise me or anybody else to see them playing in the, in the final game.
0: You know the other intriguing thing with Division Two that people probably don't know about that don't follow Division Two is they can take pro guys as well. As long as a guy hasn't played long enough in professional baseball, they can also take a pro guy that's been released as well, which is another interesting kind of caveat of Division Two baseball is that they can actually take some pro guys, which um, you know I think they're the only level that can actually do that. So that's a that's another intriguing thing with Division Two baseball. I know it doesn't always happen, but uh, that yeah, does. Yeah, you
5: see it maybe yeah like maybe once a year you'll see somebody and you're like oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think is either Lynn or Nova Southeastern had someone yep. like a few years ago who ended up like coming out and hitting like 24 home runs. Yep. Um, who, who just, who kind of came back cause he never signed with an agent. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Are there any, uh, you know, intriguing storylines that you're going to follow here? Um, you know, I know we're, we're kind of letting everybody get into it, but anything that you're paying attention to, um, you know, and maybe any other teams that aren't in the top 25 right now that, that you're going to pay attention to, to, to see how they do here early.
5: I think the most interesting things probably that I'm looking at early is to see how Nova Southeastern does because yep. it's because they got a coaching change. Exactly. Um and because they've been they they've put a lot of players in the MLB yep lately. I mean, of course, like JD Martinez, um Mike Fears, and uh, I know there's there's some other ones and I know they were pre Greg Brown who just left. Yes. But still, they're, they've kind of developed into another D2 powerhouse. So it'll be interesting to see how they do with a new coach, um, Laz Gutierrez. Yes. Who I don't believe is really coached coached at any level. I know he's worked with the Boston Red Sox, and he's big into kind of developing the mental aspect of the game. Yep. So um, it's he has a different kind of credentials that you'd normally see coming into a, a program that large. So that'll be something that's that's interesting to watch, and then um, a couple other things that I that I'll be intriguing I think are intriguing for this year is um, UC San Diego and Dixie State. It's their last two years playing at the Division two level.
0: Yep, so and Bellarmine as well.
5: Yeah. So and a lot. Those are all great teams. This yes, year they too. are. Yep. So I'm sure a lot of them. Um, I don't know if that's – saying, I don't know, I, I would assume somehow that's going to play into the mental aspect of it yeah. and either give them an extra edge or maybe, I don't know. So, but again, that's, that's something else to, to watch. And then the last thing that I think is intriguing is any team that comes out of the Northeast and NYIT, is that the New York Institute of Technology? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, they were, they made it to the series last year which was amazing, especially because they won, like, five games the year before. Um, so it's always intriguing to see how these – I wish they could have more crossover. Yep. They're just really regionalized. It's, um, so it, it's, it's hard.
0: That's a financial thing. You know, we talked about that. I talked about that earlier. Even at the Division One level, you don't see as much. It's not like basketball where, you know, teams will travel all over the country to play each other. You just don't see it with baseball just because financially – the yeah, amount, I mean, the amount of so games. Well, the and they play so many. They have a lot of guys, so the travel parties are humongous. But then they play so many more games than than basketball that it just, it just doesn't work financially for teams to to venture out. Um, and, You know, it just it, it doesn't make any sense financially to do that. So yeah, that's why I'm you don't. Like we said
5: those. earlier, they could go down and play in this tournament in Florida. But again, I mean, you're that's not you're not in. That's this isn't. I don't think a good representation of who you are. Yeah, exactly. Because it's February. So.
0: <laughs> You know, and, and a lot of those teams haven't haven't uh, been outside yet. Yeah, you know, they're yep, they're still exactly. battling that part of it. And um, you know, so anything else before I before I let you go that you're you're tracking here?
5: I'm just really excited for Angelo State. who
0: yeah. I have yep. as the number one team. Yep.
5: Um, you
0: look really smart um, right so, now, by the way.
5: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think this the first two games they outscored. Not that I uh, who they play, Eastern New Mexico, I think. Not that they're a powerhouse by any means. Yeah. But I...
0: But it's still the it's first like 30, weekend. It's
5: like 36-4. to four Yeah. And with like, you know, 10 home runs the first two games. Yep. Um, They look really good. And I know that... Um, let's see. Yeah. I... The only thing really standing between them, I think, and going to carry again is going to be um, Colorado Mesa. Yep. And... But I think Angelo State looks just so good. Yep it was it was for, for me really a no brainer when i was going through and looking at the numbers to picking who i thought was going to be the top team to come through with division yep.
0: 2 so. so anybody that wants to reach out to you where can they do that you know if, if people that want to talk division 2 baseball i where can they find you
5: twitter is probably easiest yep. i mean i my phone is adhered to my body so <laughs> i have my i have my dms open i read all the messages i try to respond to people when they do yep. and you know um everyone's been I don't say everybody. Ninety-nine percent of the people are very supportive. Yes. Uh, of the product that I've been putting out there, and I think that's I, I, that's really the number one reason that I am able to keep doing this. Yes. Because it is. Uh, hopefully, it does show. It is a lot of work that I try yes. to put into it. Yep. I'm not. I'm not winging this. So, um, um getting that extra, extra support and hearing messages, I I I, I, I share in ideas and balance and. and Stuff off people at all. So yep.
0: and 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 that's on the Perfect Game website. For anybody that doesn't know, that's www.perfectgame.org. Uh, uh, that's where. Yeah. That's,
5: yeah, every I think every Wednesday is when we when we put out this the small. Yeah, team and the,
0: pre- the previews are great. So the the team the team capsules that you've put on there w- with all the levels and that's that's D one down. So anybody that hasn't been on the Perfect Game website, get on there because you can see capsules for teams at D one, D two, D three. It's you know it's it's a great resource for for anybody that's interested in college baseball.
5: Yeah, I think I I love it. It's been great.
0: Yep, good. All right, well, so cool. I'm biased, but
5: yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's, just, it's, 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 a, it's great information.
0: And I've been with the Perfect Game guys uh, since the early 2000s. Since I I went to Iowa in the early 2000s. So, well, hopefully we can get together here in April and and do a little meet mid season recap.
5: Yeah, let's
0: do that. Okay, cool. All right, we'll have a happy Super Bowl here and, and happy Groundhogs Day. I guess, uh, I guess he did or did. I don't know. I don't know what the Groundhogs Day is. I think he didn't see a shadow, so I don't even think that ever works, but it's something to, to follow, I guess.
5: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I,
0: I'm big into analytics, but you know, I'm probably not going to put the time in, and into checking that out. Exactly. All right, Nico, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And again, we're here with, with Jordan Schusterman and, and Jake Mintz, uh, from Cesspits Barbecue. And then they also run the D three baseball podcast. So appreciate both of them coming on. Thanks, guys, for being on.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I it's again, any reason to talk D three baseball is a is a good reason to me. So no no complaints. And and just I
2: mean, go ahead. Everyone Jake. celebrates everyone celebrates the new year, you know. Um boo you know, hoo, a new start. To me, like New Year's Eve is the start of the college baseball season yes, in my Yes, it is. And yep. is actually why everyone is celebrating in Times Square. People don't <laughs> know
0: that. <laughs> and as I'm looking at your... Uh Your Skype profile pic has uh, Babe Ruth uh, slugging cocktails, so I I do appreciate that uh, when I get to look at it. I I do have a little bit of a D3 uh, background. Um, Denison was one of the the last schools that I looked at, and uh, I do know coaches along the way. And um, just just flipping through the top 25 here, Uh, and the NCBWA preseason poll actually has sids that vote in it so there is a little bit of a background for guys and you look at chapman who won it last year with coach laverty um they they're ranked uh, at the top do you guys feel like that's that's fair to have them pre i know it's preseason rankings they don't really mean much but do you feel like that's fair uh, looking through it if that chapman have that much coming back to, to win it again
6: yeah, well, I, this uh, is, I see, think, a point of, a point we, of contention. We, we <laughs> struggle <laughs> with this,
0: yeah. And I always did, too. I voted for the Division One USA Today poll, and I always struggled with who to who to put in their top, you know, because preseason is preseason. So, right. so I, I mean, mean, you guys fighting about this already?
6: Well, I would say, Jake, you were just looking at them uh, earlier today, so you, you can start with what, what you saw you've seen, and then I'll kind of give my phil- philosophy on this kind of conversation. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, Chapman's good in D3. They've got this kid named Nick Garcia, who was uh, a reliever for them last year, who we've heard is in the mid-90s right now. And, you know, at the D3 level, if you have a guy who can sit in the mid-90s, he's going to get a whole lot out. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is obviously a very well-coached team. They had a lot of depth last year uh, in the rotation uh, that allowed them to, to kind of make a deep run and end up winning the whole thing. But uh, I think Jordan and I are a little... I uh, was a team that relied on its own arms and they are losing I believe their top three arms top two arms other than Garcia and I think for that reason we were slightly a little bit more skeptical and would not have put them at number one however we still would put them in our you know, top 15 top 10 Yep. yeah yeah I,
6: I think I think that's fair I mean yeah they're losing like Garcia who should be you know one of the best players in the country he was a reliever last year they lost their top three starters so that's like 300 innings I mean they had a yep. World Series run so that's why they were throwing so much but to lose that many guys it's just like it's it's almost irresponsible to even project them to be that good because we, we literally have no idea it's not exactly. even like we're, we're projecting guys that did play and could be like they're going to be using pitchers that we we haven't even seen yet um and so that makes it difficult but as you said it's obviously a great program. They've had tons of guys drafted. They're always competing. They, it's been proven that you know clearly the competition in California is really solid. So um, I believe in this team for sure. It's just there's so many unknowns that it seems a little silly to to put them at number one. But it's it's just a it, you know we'll wait. The games will be played and then we'll we'll find out. So I'm not I I, I understand putting them at number one, but um, there's just so many things we don't know about them that it, that there are some other teams where I think maybe we like uh, the returning talent a little bit more. But no no disrespect to the Panthers, they're obviously a hell of a team
0: well yeah coach courage at Webster they got three votes and then you look towards the the bottom there Salisbury and then uh, UW Whitewater got votes as well so it's not like everybody's in in unison with with who they think but that's the way it should be in the beginning of the year and that the thing with college you don't know who lost guys um, you know maybe even over break how guys what type of shape they're in when they come back so there's a lot of things that are going to go into play here as far as who starts out to the season well um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
6: no, for sure. I mean, that's there's just so many uh, uh, unexpected things, I guess. Right. In D1, you're dealing with teams losing because of of being drafted or whatnot. Yep. Um, whereas in D3, it's like who, who are your seniors? And if you have a team that has a ton of seniors coming back, uh, you're probably going to be in pretty uh, good shape as, as Jake has had right. some experience with that. Yeah.
0: Go ahead.
2: And what I'll say, like, that's something that Jordan and I look at. Um, so when we're doing all this analysis and we're diving into it, right, we have, we have stats that kind of tell how many players a team has coming back and how good those players are. Exactly. So like when we're trying to evaluate teams for ourselves, I would say that is the number one thing you can do preseason, right? Because yep. that's all you have. Like you can't evaluate transfers or freshmen. And mm-hmm. Even if those guys are going to end up playing big roles, you can't really try and predict – who is going to take steps forward on teams? For sure, because every single coach in the country believes that there are eight guys on his, you know, on his team that are going to be, you know, all conference, and so you <laughs> of right. So yeah. the only thing you have to go is who you, who's coming back, and how good were they? Exactly
6: right. Because I would just say just one more note on that. Right, like like Jake says, every coach is going to have uh, confidence in his players, and I think they should. But I'd rather go on the guy on the team that I know has five all-region guys coming back than exactly. than the team that just says, I you know I really believe in this incoming freshman class. You know, so um, that's that's the best we can do. And of course, that's how you're going to be wrong, and that's why it's really 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 hard to project this stuff. But we what we'd rather go on the information that that, that we know, and then you kind of you kind of work uh, from the crazy stuff that happens. once the season actually begins
0: and i was actually recruiting last summer in iowa when the d3 world series was going on in cedar rapids so that was the last last year was the first year that it was in cedar rapids and it's there again i haven't looked how far out they're going with that contract but it is may 29th to june 3rd this year's the the world series so it'll be in cedar rapids again so if anybody that's interested in division three baseball get out there um it should be another well-run tournament and um Cedar Rapids is a pretty good place there as well. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I haven't looked that far ahead. Hopefully I can um, get out there for the Division Three World Series this year in Cedar Rapids. Wait, is that something you guys would be interested in doing?
6: Of course. I mean, uh, you know, Jake, as a player, was was only uh, a few few lucky or unlucky breaks here or there from from getting there. Um, but no, we have not been. Uh, we thought about trying to make a trip, but uh, it's a little bit difficult with our other real jobs. Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully sometime soon we can we can make it out there.
0: For sure. Any other teams that you guys as you're looking through everything, any other teams out there that you guys really like? Oh man! I mean, Jake, I know you. just started, um, I
2: think okay, a couple teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We haven't. We haven't. I've only done the, the West so far. Yep. Um, Trinity, Texas is always good there. They'll just pull arms out of nowhere. They're throwing in the '90s, seemingly every year. Teams yep. that jump out to us, uh, I would say Southern Maine yep. uh, is one that jumps out. They're always really good. Yep. I mean, Flaherty knows me over there. A great job. all the best kids out of the main high schools. Like They always compete. We think this will be another up year for them. Um, We really like Salisbury this year. Um, We think they've just got a lot of talent coming back, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, And they always have a really physical team. And then Whitewater um, out of Wisconsin, I would say is consistently the most talented team in D3. Uh, And it'll be no no different this year. They've got a kid named Nick Sanford who yep. was unbelievable, unbelievable for them last year as a shortstop uh, as a sophomore, so he's going to be great. And then you know, like I'll, I'll throw my alma mater in there. I mean, Washu, you know, that I I can't. I got I can't a great setup that. there. By okay. the way, for
0: anybody that hasn't been to Washu, they have an unbelievable setup. Their campus is beautiful and their their baseball field is beautiful. So anybody that's in the St. Louis area, that's a great place to go check out. I love their campus.
2: It's great. It's great. And, and, and coach Bloom, who he showed up my junior year. He's kind of turned the program around Uh funny story about the beautiful field before he got there. The base paths weren't the correct distance. He <laughs> that, like that, went out <laughs> on his, his first day and he was like, that's 89. <laughs> so he did fix it. <laughs> that's
0: that um, happens he, more than you think at, at places oh, yeah. Co- coaches will show up to new places and, and they'll remeasure it. And, it won't be close to what it is. So they have to go in and, and dig everything out and put it back in. that's, uh, you know, those places <coughs> that don't have groundskeepers that happens right. a lot with coaches trying to do their, their own thing. So,
6: yeah, Jake, I would say, did he, so did he make it 88 or did he move it to 90? I, I feel like he, no, I made it
2: 90. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Well, well and, I was, I, was and just I say, remember, I remember yeah. the joke. Well, the joke was like, I think the mound If I remember correctly, the mound was too far away, also by like a couple inches. And at that point in my career, my foot was wrong. Like I was throwing (laughs) from so far back
6: right clearly there's there no there's no other explanation yeah but no that's 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 total, That's the most d3 thing ever right it's the field being messed up i i can think of a very specific school uh in ohio where everyone insisted that the mound was a little bit off to the left which is i don't know if that's better or worse than farther back um but i that certainly came into play it's a home so, field
0: I mean, advantage for sure everybody's got their their little nooks and crannies exactly. yep and that's there you benefit go. of playing there you at go. home a little bit more Honestly, but I was thinking about Webster. We were there this fall running a Barnstormers event, and they share with the pro team in Sage. So, you know, you can say it's D3. Like, there's some really good baseball fields out there at at every level. But, um, you know, again, I, I have a lot of respect for the D3 schools just because they are high academic schools. Uh, they don't get as much practice time. You know, coaches at that level have to be a lot more prepared just because you don't get as much time with the, with the players because there are limitations for practice and, and they don't have as many games. So, right. you know, they're they're trying to get after it in a shorter amount of time to try to get guys ready. Um, and I do feel like it's got a little bit of everything for guys that that do want to play because the academic side of it is important at that level too. So you get a little mix of everything at the Division three level.
6: I would also say, uh, and this is something we (laughs) we talked a lot about last year, but this is very true in our experience. As you mentioned, yes, smaller amounts of practice time. um, There are also just generally fewer games. Right. So you have to just kind of figure stuff out quickly. But um, since if you look at a map of all the D3 schools, 80 percent of them are in cold weather states. Yes, they are. Um, And so uh, Jake and I like to talk about how coaches love getting outside. Uh, And you know, this this is uh, coached in Illinois. You understand this too, but nothing coaches love more than talking about getting outside. And there are some D3 schools that literally don't get outside before their first game, right on their first 10 games. They might show up to Florida, you know, for their spring break, spring break trip and having never, you know, had a practice outside yet. So uh, it's, uh, those are the limitations. That's also a part of the fun. And it's just such a huge variance in in the kind of things that, that these teams are dealing with.
2: And And Jordan, building off that, like if you take a look at who's won the last four three World Series, it was Texas, California, Texas, California. And there's a reason for that because they can get outside.
6: They can get outside. They got no trouble with that. It's not a, probably not a coincidence,
0: but they they do still them in Division two. It, it is more regional based, so you know it it doesn't matter as much like with Division one that maybe a team's out a little bit more because you really are trying to be the best team in your region. So that's why I, I like those two tournaments a lot because you do get a little bit more regional flavor, uh, and the JUCOs are that way as well. Again, you gotta you gotta beat the best teams in your region to get there. Um, so it's not as big a deal for those colder-weather schools just because they're going to end up battling the teams in their area to try to get there anyway.
6: Right. No, that's definitely true. I think – right, and we've seen the last four years with the World Series winners, but, I mean, it's it's just – it's just hard to tell you. You don't know, right? And exactly. so, you know the teams. The teams get to the get to the World Series. I mean, we've heard from guys that play, uh, you know, D three in Texas and say, like, oh, the West Regional was harder than the World Series. Yep. And you know, it, it's that can all be flavored, and everybody wants to say that their region is the best. So there's all kinds of
0: biases <laughs> there.
6: Um, For sure. But but that is definitely something that is a, a huge part of the conversation cool. when talking about D three baseball.
0: Well, I'd like to get you guys back on about midway through the year, um, just to let everybody kind of get their feet underneath them. And then that way we can touch base, you know, partway through the year, anything else you guys want to add in before I let you go. And again, I really appreciate you coming on, but anything else you guys would want to add? Oh man. I mean, Jake, I have a couple uh coach related things that I, I think Perfect. are be interesting. Yep. Let's
6: go. Um, Ah, uh, so the one that we're excited about, and I know Jake shares this, uh, is 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 seeing what what goes on with uh, Coach Mike Stosky, who's uh, oh, yeah. leaving Concordia Chicago, yep. and heading down to Mary Hardin Baylor. Yeah, I'm boy, fascinated. Let's I'm, go. I'm fascinated. By this. this is this is uh, Jake's favorite Jake's favorite coach. that is. Not he's his a own, great guy. Mike is a yeah. is a
0: great person. He's he's a great guy to root for because you you do pull for him. He's a great person.
6: And so we, you know, Concordia Chicago. So
2: the, uh, the Concordia Chicago Twitter account used to post videos of his pump up speeches to the team before games. And I sometimes want to get myself up and go in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah.
6: <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing better than a than a pregame Stosky speech. But, yes. But but it'll be it'll be fascinating because he uh, is leaving a program in uh, in CUC that's been you know a perennial uh, contender the last few years. They made it to the World Series and he's heading down to Mary Hardin Baylor, which is a very strong Division Three program in some other sports. Um, they have not been very good in baseball at least the last few years. And I'm just fascinated to see how quickly he can turn them into a winner because I yep. have no doubt that he will. But I just don't know. This is a team that won you know 11, 12 games the last few years. Yep. So I'm. Excited excited to see how that goes and also to see how concordia chicago does without him um they've got their top assistant is, is going to be their their head guy there yep. uh which i'm sure they'll they'll still be really good but that'll be uh interesting and then another uh coach related thing that i wanted to bring up is worcester my alma mater and and uh coach tim pederini he finally retired and ithaca uh george Valcente, both of those guys who'd been there basically four decades um those uh kind of legendary d3 jobs are now uh, opened up and with with two younger guys of course, at so Worcester, um, who, a guy who, who has been the assistant there, uh, Coach Barry Craddock, and then Ithaca, I believe they hired uh, his, his son, who was another D3 coach, and he came over to Ithaca. So I'm curious to see how those programs do without the guys that have been there for literally 40 years because yep. that seems like it'll be uh, maybe a little bit different.
0: Yeah, and you don't see as much of that anymore. Just uh, you know, Coaching is stressful and high-pressure situations, and um, you see more and more guys getting out now, and it's, it's neat to see a guy that's been at a place for that long because you just don't see it as much anymore. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, and, and I know everyone was talking about Mike Martin, and I get that. I, I respect that, but you know, we were we were <laughs> to looking at, at Worcester and Ithaca last year with those those guys ending their, yep. their run. So, uh, yeah. Well, hey, where Bad can
0: pitch. where can everybody yell at you for your preseason preseason stuff and all that? Where oh, can they man. Where can they find you guys?
6: Yes. Uh, so
0: follow us uh, on Twitter
6: at D three baseball pod. Um, we are hopefully going to be doing our, our regional uh, season previews uh, in the, in the coming weeks uh, in February. And, uh, but yeah, we just like to just tweet out random thoughts and, and player shout outs and everything. And, uh, yeah, by all means, our DMs are always open. If you know of anything, you know a guy that's throwing ninety-five that we haven't heard of, please let us know. We love talking about it and love uh, hearing from coaches and from players, and even sometimes from parents. Uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, we appreciate any insight we can because we're trying to uh, cover you know four hundred schools um, just in our spare time. So uh, and, yeah, and for and for everybody that
0: doesn't know, like this is a labor of love for these two. They don't get paid anything for this. Uh, they're just they're bringing light to Division Three, which I think is. Is tremendous. It's tremendous. It's awesome that you guys are willing to invest your time to do this.
6: Absolutely. Jake, any, anything else uh, we need to shout out on the, on the D3 level?
2: I don't know, man. I'm just excited for it. I just can't wait. Yep. I'm itching. I'm yep. itching. I'm, I might go out and long toss myself.
0: Good. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, hopefully you and I can touch base here and, and see each other face-to-face because I'll play catch with you. There you go.
6: There you go. Uh, well well thank you. Uh thank you. This is yeah, excellent. Yeah, and we're and to yeah, it. let's let's just get together in a couple
0: yep, let's get together in a couple months here. So I appreciate it, guys. Yep,
6: yeah, no problem. Thanks, man. All right, you, thanks. You know guys. how to reach us if you yep. need us. Oh yeah.
0: Thanks. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks for sitting in with me. I uh, hope this gets you excited for the season, and uh, please get out there and support your local colleges. Uh, it's a great opportunity to keep driving the game of baseball forward at all levels. Then feel free re- to reach out to me uh, through email, rbrownlee at abca.org, or Twitter at Coach B underscore ABCA. Uh, if you want to talk college baseball or uh, baseball in general, just reach out to me and, and we can chat. So. Hopefully everybody's enjoying the podcast, and I I know I'm enjoying doing it. So uh, thanks for everybody listening in. Uh, Again, this is Ryan Brownlee signing off from the American Baseball Coaches Association offices in Greensboro, North Carolina. Thanks, and remember to leave it better for those behind you.